Hey everybody, Bones here, one of the editors of Idleboard, with a couple of pre-plodcast updates. We're going to be taking a short break from Idleboard after this episode, and we've got a staffing change as well. Uh, Aoife is stepping away from the role of host to focus on other life endeavors, which, as sad as it makes us, um, we wish her the best. Aoife was the one that pretty much came up with the idea for Idleboard in the first place and has been our host since the show started. Idleboard literally would not exist without her. Uh, she's done an incredible job, and uh, she's still going to be around, so thumbs up there. This break will probably last through May up until potentially early June, uh, unless we get overzealous and start doing a bunch of stuff anyway, because uh, we are going to be doing more interviews. Uh, we're going to be trying to get a few more episodes in the bay just as backups for us in the future, as well as streamlining our editing process so that that way episodes are more consistent in structure and in format. If you've been listening to Idleboard throughout this process, thank you so much for your support. This has been a blast to create. And we hope to keep making more of it. Now, with that all out of the way, have fun listening to more of my voice. That's right. It's an idle slash board about editing. So, uh, enjoy. You're listening to a Ford Strike production. Welcome to Idle Slash Bored. If you don't read the episode titles or the transcripts, I've just made a very clever pun. I'm not Aoife, and I don't use she-her pronouns. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing members of the Idleboard team about their episodes, the creation process, and possible aspirations. My guest for this episode is Idleboard editor BONES, all caps. Thanks for coming on, BONES. Can you tell us your pronouns, pre-plodcast ritual, and what plodcast you'll be talking about with us today? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Bones. My pronouns are they, she, and it. Pretty much just don't use he, him, and you're good. My pre-plodcast ritual is, quite honestly, probably doing a different project. And I am going to be talking about the process of uh, making Idleboard. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much for joining us at the very last minute. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> all right, so first of all, we've got um, a couple of uh, standard questions that we always ask. The first one being, when and why did you join the garages? Ooh, okay. Um, trying to think about the timeline. I The first project that I worked on, the first thing that I did for anything garages adjacent was actually doing editing for Blazeball the Musical. I did sound design and editing of all of the non-music, like, song sequences, as well as, like, assisting a little bit in helping uh, Ophelia with the script writing and helping the recording process and rehearsals and stuff like that. Um, but after that happened, I think all of us from the musical kind of got an invite into the Fourth Strike Discord. Um, and then I jumped over to do some, like, video editing stuff and then I just kind of stuck around 
I didn't really ever leave. I ended up doing uh, more things. I've done uh, a couple of backing vocals now for tracks, um, done some live show stuff, and it's it's been very exciting. But yeah, no, I just kind of like um, slid my way in, <laughs> and then uh, and then just stayed. No, that's that's perfect, and that's uh, kind of I think how everyone does it. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like. It's a very welcoming environment. I like it a lot. Um, I've never been able to have this many, especially audio-related projects, to be able to like jump between, so it's been fun. Awesome. Are you ready for some questions from all of your many fans? <laughs> sure. Sounds great. All right. Our first one comes from Ada, who is another Idleborg editor. Ada says, Hi, Redacted. My question is, of all the bones, which one makes the best sound? Okay, so if you go strictly by, like, by by scale, probably a femur. It, it Maybe for, like, if you're doing, like, big percussion. Um, but I don't know. Like, I feel like a rib cage you could make a xylophone out of. So probably that. Okay, yeah. So we're, we're talking about hitting the bones to make music. What if you used the bone as the hitter? Would that change your answer? Hmm. If it, so there's, I mean, you could also do like a flute too. So that adds a couple of other interesting things. That uh, probably like a humorous would be good for that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like, I feel like each bone has its own unique uh, sound that can, definitely help spruce up any track excellent yes that's fantastic advice and i i hope to hear more bones being used in future garages songs next question comes from blown uh, what podcast do you look to for inspiration when it comes to editing so i guess this ties into my background a little bit too is like um i actually primarily came from like a, a video editing and documentary sort of background which I, suits itself well for Idleboard. A lot of times, like, I've taken inspiration from a lot of documentaries that I've watched or, like, tricks that I've learned from making films. Can you give us an example? Yeah, so, like, uh, like I know Noclip is a uh, video game documentary series run by Danny O'Dwyer. Um, it's a Patreon-funded, ad-free video game uh they basically go and interview a bunch of studios um, about different titles and then focus on a specific title. And it's, yeah, it's it's very similar in the sense that they really do hone in on, like, a specific project. And then they're like, okay, what are, like, tell me about how this was made. And it's very quick. It's very, like, well-paced. And so a lot of the, like, editing practices I kind of pulled from that. I also worked on a documentary that we got funded on Kickstarter a few years back called Mother to Earth, which is about uh, Earthbound Beginnings, which is uh, an old NES game that was fully localized and then took like 25 years to officially release. Um, and we had a lot of footage to sift through for that and a lot of dense content. So being able to learn how to like find the most concise way of putting words together was something that was really helpful also for podcast editing. But as far as podcasts go, I really like Radiolab. 
That one is the, uh, they do a lot of really interesting sort of like widespread of topics. A lot of them are very like science-based topics. Um, but they also do a really good job of like transitioning from person to person and from idea to idea and like getting, again, like dense content into a single um, piece. That's really cool. Can you tell us about the process of editing an Idleboard episode? Um, like... From when you get it to when it's done, what do you do? Yeah. Um, usually we'll get like a uh, recording from the interviewee, the interviewer, which most of the time is Aoife. And then we'll have like a backup of the Discord call usually. Um, once I drop those in, basically like I'll... I'll make sure that the frequencies are at the right volumes for the uh, the voices so that it sounds good. Um, there's a lot of like, I do noise removal to get rid of background noise and I do um, a lot of like uh, compression or like voice leveling so that like the loud stuff and the quiet stuff are still pretty close together in range. And then once I have that for the voices, for both the interviewer and the interviewee, I usually just go through and I, um, I'll probably get a feel for putting the music into the background. And then if I, if I feel like there are parts where I want to have the music just show on its own, I'll usually figure out the part that I want and then time everything to that. But usually the background music goes in last. Um, and we'll sometimes have like every single individual instrument track uh, for a song in like a bunch of layers so that we can turn ones off or turn ones up whenever we want to like highlight certain things. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's mostly like from there, most of the process is chopping up the, the audio to make it sound concise and like have the conversations uh, feel natural and fluid and cover the content. It's really, it's really like I can just put my head down in it and like get in the zone and just like really get to work on it. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. That's really, that's really fascinating. I had to edit one of our episodes once and I didn't do any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're also in a in a space right now where like especially as the show like ultimately we only have we we're still pretty low in episode count in total. And so there's definitely a lot of stuff that like I do want to start finding ways of unifying that stuff. Um whether that's making instructional guides, I would love to do a stream at some point to like talk about or walk through the process of an episode. That's fantastic. We should do that. But then also, like, there are weird things. Like, I sometimes, it's like podcasts have a certain uh, standard for how loud a file is. And that one usually we miss quite a bit. Whoops. It's also nice because, like, podcast is still working that stuff out, too, like, as an industry. So if we miss those things initially, it's not the end of the world. It's a lot of learning and it's a lot of tweaking things as we go. So I'm excited to see what, you know... 20 episodes down the road we sound like me too we keep getting better every time so eventually we're just going to be the best podcast out there 
following up on the behind the scenes details of actually editing, we have another fan question from Agent 39.2 who asks, <laughs> which VST slash plugin should everybody know about that they probably don't? Uh, I'm trying to think of weird ones that I use. Uh, oh, if you're looking for music, uh, like background music, um, Spitfire Labs uh, is a really, really good set of free, very po- podcast-ready instruments uh, to make music for. Uh, there's a lot of like ambient stuff. There's like violins and pianos and uh, all sorts of different cool-sounding pads and drums and things. Um, I highly recommend it. And it's completely free, so that's a plus. I also use Spitfire for, um, like, actual music, but uh, it's okay. (laughs) Maybe part of that is that I'm just still learning how to use it. (laughs) Yeah, well, it also definitely has its limitations. That's why I say that it's, like, it's very, uh, I would say, podcast-ready, because a lot of it is very ambient, and a lot of it is very... um, like there's a lot of like cool tone mm. instruments in there. Like there's the frozen strings and stuff like that that like would really fit well in like an NPR podcast, but might not necessarily fit as well in like, you know punk rock band. Yeah, like a like in the garages. I have definitely heard it used in garages tracks before. Um but it's it's a little less common. I actually did use it in expansion, now that you think about it. Really? Yeah, I used the drums. Cool. It's good. I like it. She's been around the world and she has practiced every day. She's found almost every scene. She has no good to play. She's done with killing and she's got no time for dating. Sorry, girls. Cool. Nice. Um, you used the phrase cool tones. Is that like warm and cool colors? Yeah, it's a weird way of describing it. Like, um, I don't personally experience like synesthesia, but a lot of musically descriptive terms kind of lend themselves that way. Um, so I've sort of created this vocabulary around visuals and feelings and music that are not like I don't know how to describe them but that's just how I learned how to say them (laughs) that makes sense Um, I know I describe music a lot through setting like where I think I am when I hear it yeah that's kind of where I go to and like I think a lot of that too comes down to my background in film where I'm like, I I think about like a scene that I would picture it in, as a as a way of trying to describe what something sounds like without using like a ton of super technical terms. Fascinating. Another audience question comes from an anonymous field agent not conducting reconnaissance. <laughs> Which skeleton character, fictional or real, is your favorite? I don't want to say Sans. I'm going to say the dog. I'm going to say the dog from Luigi's Mansion. That is a really good answer. Like, specifically the dog from the first game. Um, 
there is a skeleton character that pops out of the ground, and when you vacuum him up, a single bone comes out, and then the dog goes and plays with it before you go to the, the second boss. It's so cute. That is probably my favorite skeleton. Last audience question before we get into the real serious stuff comes from Tegan, who asks, you've said in the past that working on lots of side projects is a fun way for you to spend your free time. Why do you think that is? Also, how do you have time for all of this? Don't you work too much on video games as it is? Uh, yeah, so I work on a lot of projects. Um, I pretty much have my workspace set up so that I can work on projects. I work from home um, and I have a wireless keyboard that I can just slide under part of my desk and then I can put like my MIDI controller down. So I very quickly can just like swap between either, yeah, my MIDI controller or like I have a drawing tablet sometimes that I use and so I can plug that in for things. And I, I think it's really, it comes down to the fact that I just like working on things because I think it feels like a puzzle or like a creative challenge to me. And that's how I get my energy out. I constantly hyper-focus on so many different things that I'm like, ooh, I like this, I like this, and I have to, like, time block it. Um, I'll hop between projects, and that ends up being, like, a creative break. I have had times where, like, I've taken on too much stuff. Um, but at this point, I'm like, if I take a break that's too long from doing creative work, I will probably just sleep. All right, time to get serious. What is your goal with this podcast? Why do you work on it? I find it to be relaxing, for one thing. Editing, like I said, gets me in the zone in a way that I can just, like, focus on it and, like, you know, just crank some stuff out. Um, but it's also really fascinating and interesting to hear the ways that so many incredible artists make the music that they do. Being able to learn tips and tricks and, like, thought processes behind things and, like, especially inspirations has been really helpful for me to learn that sort of thing. I also think that, like, being able to give those creators a way to showcase their work or to get more eyes on it, especially with how much Garage's content there is, I think that Idleboard is a really good vessel to, like, uh, to get some of those ideas out there and to get some of those songs out on the radar it makes me very proud to hear do you have a favorite part of working on these podcasts um i really like being able to find ways of and i i personally don't do it as much as i know that like jen and some other editors have done too but like as i mentioned before those like little bits where like there will be a point where it makes sense for the music to come up and really show itself. Um, or like to be able to find creative ways of looping an instrumental in the background so that you don't notice that it's been playing for 20 minutes. Um, and then other times it's like, how can I, uh, in the case of like the last episode that I edited, I was like, okay, I have all of these clips of, like, the raw recordings of the instruments. How do I make it sound like adding the reverb in and stuff like that so that it sounds exactly like the original? Because um, I learn so much about the tools that I'm using 
when I'm trying to like match up my own work with somebody else's. And it's like a little nice flourish to make it sound exactly the same. For our last question, we usually ask our guests what song outside of their own work they think is the most underrated. But in this case, I'm going to ask what song you want to have us play for the ending. I would love to play the Neon version of Pathetic Spineless from uh, Neon Fakes. Excellent. I think it's a really good track. It's probably my favorite version of, dare I say, probably any song that Rain has made. Ooh, that's a a bold statement. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a bold statement. But also Quinn just absolutely knocks it out of the park on those vocals. And the key change gets me every time. And... I can't think of another time where I would be able to hear it on Idleboard. So <laughs> I, I feel like it's a good one. It's my favorite version of Pathetic Spineless, which at this point has six different versions. Oh my god, I forget about that every time. I mean, I, the, so- the song's earned it. It's a good track. It's a good track. <laughs> Awesome. This has been so great uh, talking with you, Bones, and getting to hear more about the editing side, which is something I know so little about. And to our audience, thank you so much for joining us on Idle Slash Board, a podcast where the creators of Idle Board interview each other about the podcast they make. You can find our episodes at blandcamp.com slash podcast, Spotify, podcast.net, on wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's pathetic spineless neon version by the garages.
Idleboard is edited by Ada Quinn, Bones, Jennifer Cat, Nuclear Tourist, and Zachary. Hosted by Aoife, produced by Tangerine Velveteen, transcribed by Astrid D, Sigil Crafter Aya, Mary, and Vigilant Baker, and written by Aoife and Tangerine Velveteen. That was a four-strike production. <laughs>